My name's Naharka, um, and I get the honor and privilege to serve here as one of the UD Mid leads and also just get to hang out with you guys. And so I always make my UD Mid fam do this, but everyone's going to say Naharka on three. Ready? One, two, three. Thank you. I, ha I have you guys say that because names are so important, and I know every single Wednesday we say, welcome to the UD fam, but... I don't know about you guys, but I don't call my little brother by brother. I'm not like, hey, brother, you know. So I don't know if you guys do that to your siblings, but I sure don't. I call him by his name. And so if we haven't gotten the chance to meet yet, um, you know, let me get to know your name. I want to know your name. So with that, we're in this series called Bigger Than Me. Everyone say bigger than me. Everyone say it in sync. One, two, three. That was really good, you guys. Um, it's this concept that the world we're living in, the life we're living, that Jesus is bigger than that. That Jesus is bigger than me, that my faith is bigger than me, my prayer life is bigger than me, my prayers are bigger than me. And what I love about this series, we're in week two, and what I love is that, you know, if you're here for another feel-good message, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, you're not going to get that tonight. I think we're going to be very straightforward because at the end of the day, Jesus is bigger than all of us, and I think he has a lot to say tonight. And so with that, I am going to be talking about this idea of that, that your journey is bigger than you, that this journey that we're walking on, that we really don't have any control over, and what the, most, what the amazing part of this journey is that we don't have any control over it because at the end of the day, it's not ours to control that we have no idea to control of what's going on because at the end of the day, it's Jesus's. And so with that, if you're titling this message, you can title it, this is not how I pictured it, parentheses, but it's worth it. You can title it, this is not how I pictured it, but it's worth it. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time. I thank you for us being able to be in this room. I just pray that each individual in this room um, feels known and seen tonight, God. That maybe that's a handshake from a random stranger. Maybe that's them connecting with you in this message. Maybe that's playing a game of ping pong afterwards, God. But I just pray that each individual in this room knows that they're loved by you, they're known by you, and they're seen by you, God. So I just pray for the next couple of moments that I don't know what each person has walked into this room with, but I pray that you can show up in each student's life tonight, God, and you can show up in a real way. And so I thank you for this time, and I thank you for this series that we can get talk about you and talk about all the goodness that you have to offer. And in your name, everyone said, amen. amen. So everyone can turn to who has their Bible. Amazing. Only a little bit. That's great. <laughs> Judges 6, everyone. Judges 6. So just to give you guys a little background about what's going on right now in the story is that the Israelites right now did some evil in the Lord's eyes. You know, the Israelites are not, the Lord's not the biggest fan of them right now because God did so much for them. And at the end of the day, they didn't listen to him. And now the Israelites are in the hands of the Midianites. Everyone say Midianites. Everyone say Israelites. Perfect. Now you guys know the two sides, and that's the most important thing. Um, and so as a background, there's, a, there's the Israelites, and then there's the Midianites. And so with this right now, the Israelites were doing good. The Lord loved them. The Lord saw them. The Lord knew who they were. Um, you know, the Lord even brought them out of Egypt. That's how cool 
the Lord was to them. But the realization happened when they weren't listening to the Lord. They weren't listening to what God had in store for them and ended up, the Lord ended up giving them to these Midianites, which pretty much these people were um, giving them the bare minimum. They were just not the greatest people. They were taking everything for themselves, just very selfish people. And so in Judges 6, 11, we have um, this guy named, do we have it up there? Perfect. We have Gideon. Everyone say Gideon. We, we just got, got all the rhymes up in here tonight. Um, and so we have Gideon here. And so Gideon is a, someone who is an Israelite that's kind of in this, stu- he's stuck in this whole Midianite land, Midianite people. Um, and so in verse 11, it says, the angel of the Lord came and sat under the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joseph, the Abzerite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in his wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But if the Lord is with us, why has this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us when they said, Do not the Lord brings up out did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hands of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hands. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. How can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Messiah, Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. The Lord replied, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, If now I have found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. I don't know about you guys, but the Lord's literally straight up in front of Gideon, and Gideon's going, Well, give me a sign. You know, give me a sign. Where are you at? And later, as this passage goes on, Gideon is listening to all of these Lord's commands from preparing a young goat, putting him in a broth, um, in a pot, and then pouring the broth out, and just all these things because he wanted to make sure that he was speaking to the Lord. And I don't know about us, but maybe that can be us tonight, that the Lord can be right in front of us speaking to us and literally yelling at us about what to do. But we're like, Lord, I don't believe you. Show me that you're present in my life tomorrow and then the next day and then the next day and maybe I'll trust you. Maybe, maybe we can be friends then. But it's so funny because this whole time the Israelites were like, God, we need you. Where are you? And there he was. There was the Lord right in front of Gideon. And what did Gideon say? Give me a sign that it is really you talking to me. And so this journey of one Christian's life, as we're talking about tonight, we always talk about the the valleys and hills. And the valleys and hills can mean the lowest of lows and the highest of highs and the different seasons that people might be in. But have we ever talked about the sand and water? Have we ever talked about the sand and water? So hear me out. Let's talk about the sand as being everything, not the church. And so when I talk about the church, I'm talking about the capital C church tonight. And this could include school and friends. This could mean extracurriculars. This could mean family. These are things not necessarily in the church, but outside the church. And so let's think of the water as, some, as Christ-like, as church-like. So this could mean serving at the storehouse, going on a mission trip, going to church events, being here tonight, um, meeting leaders for coffee. I wanted to tell you guys a funny story about meeting leaders for coffee. Um, when I was in school, and we were actually going to school for once, um, there was this thing called Campus Devos that UD had at the time. And my high school would have our meets, like our coffee meets, after, after school. And I kid you not, 
I would run away from my leader every time I saw her in the morning because I was not about to go to these campus devos because I was not about to go sit in a coffee shop and talk with the Bible. You might be like, yikes, Naharka. That's a little heart check right there. But the reality was it's not like I was going against the church and I was like, God, I don't want you, you know, like I don't want that. But I was going against because I wasn't ready to get deeper with the Lord. I wasn't ready to get deeper in my faith. And so I was running away from the one thing that was allowing me to step back in and go deeper in my faith. And I think this story leads me to talking about the idea of sand and water because we always talk about the valleys and hills as seasons of when we go through something low, we feel distant from God. And when we're going through something high, we feel on cloud nine with God. Um, But this idea of sand and water is this idea where we're stagnant. And so I don't know if you guys might feel that, but you feel like maybe there's one foot inside your school right now, inside the world telling you, let's stay here. You know, focus on, focus on your school, focus on um, your sport that you're in, focus on your family, focus on whatever, which isn't a bad thing. I think tonight what I want to get at is that it's not a bad thing to have a foot right there, but I think some of you guys might be feeling like you might have a foot also in the church, and you're feeling like you're in the sand and water depth of, okay, Naharka, I have one foot here, but then I have one foot in the church. Is that a bad thing? You know, are we, is that bad to have one foot, you know, not necessarily in the church and one foot outside the church? And what I want to say tonight is that I see you. Um, I see what you're feeling. I see that kind of struggle of, Naharka, I don't feel like I'm, a, I'm, not, I'm in a high. I don't feel like I'm in a valley. I don't feel like I'm in a hill. Um, I just feel like I'm stuck. I just feel like I'm in this in-between of what am I doing next? Where am I supposed to go? And most of us might think that we either have to be all into the church or all into the world. And what I want you guys to know right now is that God didn't die on the cross for you to doubt his character on how you feel about the capital C church. That God didn't die for you on the cross for you to doubt his character on how you feel about the capital C church. And the reality is God cares for you. He's looking at you. He's looking at his son. He's looking at his daughter. And he's saying, I have a path. I have a plan. I have a journey for you. Will you trust me? That tonight is saying, tonight Jesus is saying, will you trust me? I don't think Jesus is necessarily saying, will you trust your leader? Will you trust your friends? Will you trust your church? Will you trust the situation you're in? He's saying, will you trust me? And the truth is that the world's broken. If you put your trust um, in the world... Well, guess what, friends? That path you're creating is a path you've guided for yourself. That if you're going to say yes to the world, well, guess what? There's going to be things about um, your life that you get to choose from. And that might not necessarily mean that God had ordained that. And so anytime I was in this balance of having one foot in the sand and one foot in the water, and I was so ready to completely go into the sand because I was so let down by things of the church, I had to remind myself that the one that... I'm the, well, I'm the one that's choosing to step in the sand for myself. That I'm the one that's choosing to direct my own paths. That when I'm choosing to step out of what I believe or what, God I'm try- what I'm trying to get at with God, that I'm choosing to direct my own paths in that. I'm trying to choose to change the trajectory of my own life because maybe I didn't agree with something that someone had said. I didn't agree with... Um, what the church had to say. I didn't agree with whatever that person said. I didn't agree with the injustices that are being taken place around me. What you're choosing to do with your life is affecting your life. And I don't think we realize that sometimes, that sometimes we feel like, oh, well, Naharka, I'm just going to go choose the sand. I'm going to choose what 
A, B, and C has to offer because I want to. Well, great, go for it. But that's not affecting anyone but you. And so what I'm trying to pick at tonight is that imagine your life as a football game right now, okay? And maybe your life is going great. So maybe right now, your football game, you're in for a treat. Like, you're, we're in the fourth quarter. You're doing great. You're winning. Um, and maybe some of you guys are like, Narka, my life, like, my game's going pretty well. I'm winning, but, like, I feel like it could be better. I feel like I could have a couple more points. Um, but maybe you have to realize, maybe you've put Jesus on the bench. Maybe you've put your quarterback your first-string quarterback on the bench while you've put your other quarterbacks in the game. And so maybe imagine that in the sense that maybe you have to realize who you're putting in the forefront of your life isn't supposed to be the first string, that Jesus is supposed to be the first string. And so allowing Jesus to be the one who's directing your path rather than um, whatever your other quarterback might be. So yes, the church will let you down, but the world will too. But the difference is that God's placed you here for a reason. God's placed you for here for a greater call. And if we all ran from what was uncomfortable in our lives, I don't think we would all be here in this room. I don't know about you guys, but if the minute I ran away from things that I wasn't feeling, or if I ran away from something that I was uncomfortable with, or if I ran away from something that I didn't feel like was right, I wouldn't be who I am today. We wouldn't have the calls on our lives we would have if we didn't stay in the uncomfortable. And so as we go into verse Judges 7, 1 through 7, right now Gideon is preparing for battle against the Midianites. And he could, you could say he's a little uncomfy right now. You could say that backstory with this, Jesus pretty much told him, I don't care how many men you have, you need to have less men than the other people you're fighting. Are you kidding why would Jesus tell him that? And so in verse 1, it says, Early in the morning, Gideon and all his men camped at the spring. The camp of Midian was north of them in the valley near the hill of Moriah. The Lord said to Gideon, You have too many men. I cannot deliver you. I cannot deliver Midian into their hands, or Israel would boost against me. My own strength has saved me. Now announce to the army, anyone who trembles with fear may turn back and leave Mount Guild. So 22,000 men left while 10,000 remained. And you might be like, okay, 10,000 is a good number. That's all right. That's good. But here, it gets better. But the Lord said to Gideon, there are still too many men. Take them to the water, and I will thin them out for you there. If I say, this one shall go with you, he shall go. But if I say, this one shall not go with you, he shall not go. So Gideon took the men down to the water. There the Lord told him, separate those who lap the water with their tongues as a dog laps for those who kneel down to drink. 300 men of 300 of them drank from the cupped hands, lapping like dogs. All the rest of them got down on their knees to drink. The Lord said to Gideon, with the 300 men that lapped, I will save you and give the Midianites in your hands. Let the others go home. Are you kidding? 300 men versus like 10,000, I believe. So crazy. I didn't think that they were going to win. But as the story goes on, Gideon and his army went over and his people won. And the Israelites realized that it wasn't in the people's power, but it was in God's power. And so the question you might be asking tonight is, Naharka, what do I do if I don't feel it? Because let's be honest, Gideon probably wasn't feeling like he was ready to take on battle. Um, Naharka, what if I feel unsure? Well, Gideon probably wasn't feeling sure either about the outcome of the battle. Gideon probably wasn't unsure about, God, why are you telling me to thin out my army? So maybe right now in your season, you might feel like God's removing things in your life, but 
you need to realize that there's a bigger outcome out from that. And so, Naharka, you, you guys also might be asking, Naharka, what if I do if I feel worn out? And I would just say, do you have peace? Genuinely, do you have peace deep down? About any of those questions, about if you're not feeling it, if you're unsure, if you're worn out. I don't know what your situation you're in. I don't know what you're thinking about. But do you have peace about it? But posture yourself to hear about the spirit, to hear the peace. This doesn't mean running to your friends. This doesn't mean running to your leaders. This doesn't mean running to social media as much as it, it'd be great to put a little pull up on your story. But it means being in a room by yourself. Begin thanking God on where he's brought you. And then ask him, do, you, do I have peace about blank? It's as simple as that. Going in a room by yourself, sitting there, Reminding yourself of where God's brought you. I think that's a key part that I think some of us are like, okay, God, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to, you tell me what to do, you know? God, do I have peace about this? And the realization is when we have so many things going in our mind that obviously we're always going to be like, oh, I don't have peace about it because we didn't put, we didn't allow Jesus to be in the forefront. And so what we have to realize is when you step into a room and you go, okay, do I have peace about this? Before you do that, you have to remind yourself, okay, God, why am I here? God, why have you brought me here? So I'm going to thank you for that. God, thank you for allowing me to be here. God, thank you for doing this. And when we do that, we allow our mind to go, okay, I get it. God's been here for me for A, B, and C. So he, I know he's going to come through for me when I ask him about this next question. And so with that, I thank God every day that I chose him, that whenever I felt like I was in between the sand and the water, that I still chose him on the days I wanted to be done. And in this room, I can vividly remember those moments. Um, at the time when I was a student, this stage wasn't this high. It was the, it was the lower stage. Um, and I would vividly remember when all of us would be in the front worshiping and I would stand right there. Um, and it was maybe four weeks into me coming to youth for the first time. And I had no idea why I'd be coming. I would literally be here raising my hand, not knowing why I was raising my hand, standing around these people that I had no idea who these people were. And... I came in one Wednesday just really confused on what was going on in my life. Why is God bringing me here? And I would ask him that. And then three days go by, and I found out my grandpa passed away. And from there, I still came back the following Wednesday, stood right there where I normally stood, and I had to thank God right there. I thanked God because he was here. He knew that the things that were going to happen in my life already before I even was in this room that he knew I needed community around me before that, that, that low hit. And so what I'm here to remind you guys is that at the end of the day, I don't care what was going on in my life, but in that moment I knew God was present because I knew deep down inside I had peace about it. And there was a moment in, on a Sunday service that I remember that I was sitting around the same area right there. Maybe I liked the left side. The lighting probably hit a little different there, but... Um, I, it was around the summertime, and I, it was maybe three weeks before summer camp, and I was sitting there, and I was just watching the service happen. I think it was announcements, and I had this weird tug on my heart about camp. They hadn't even started talking about camp yet, and I was like, I need to go to camp. And I was like, that's weird. I don't know anyone going to camp. I'm not about to go. Um, and in that moment, I remember leaving that service and running to the fireworks stand and going, Michaela, I need to go to camp. I don't know how. I don't know how we're going to get me there, but I need to go. 
And, and little did I know that camp, I would get prayed over that I'd be in ministry some way, somehow. I thought it was crazy. And fast forward four years later, here I am. So what I'm trying to tell you guys tonight is that I, it's not like everything was, you know, all good in those last four years. But I'm here to tell you guys that I still chose to stand where God has placed me because I was in it for myself. I think I was a little selfish. I think some of us need to remind ourselves tonight to be a little selfish. That maybe you're done, maybe you're feeling tired, maybe you're feeling worn out, but are you worn out enough to just give up on the life you're living, to give up on the life, on the call that God's given you? And so you have to look at your life and say that this isn't how I pictured it, but it's worth it. The amount of times I had to sit in this room and go, this isn't what I've pictured my life to be, but it's going to be worth it because it's not my life that I'm controlling. And so when I think about that, you, there has to be change. That maybe some of us, if we want to point it out, we're lukewarm, right? That maybe we're feeling a little, ugh, Naharka, I'm a little tired. And so think of it this way. If you're lukewarm, if you're trying to get hot, you have to turn on the heater, right? But if you're trying to cool down a little bit, take your jacket off. So there has to be that change. So what's that change for you tonight? What's something that, that you need to take to get a little, you know, realize that the change needs to happen? And I, so with that, as we're finishing up, I look at each and every one of you and I think of all the calls, all the dreams, all the aspirations that you guys have for your life. And I think about just how much your life can change if you're able to, if you choose not to follow in God's footsteps. And I'm not saying that means being in a building. I'm not saying that means meeting with your leaders. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying deep down, do you have peace about where your life's headed? Do you have peace about what you're doing right now? Do you have peace about the friends you're surrounding yourself with? And so with that being said, I want to leave you guys with three questions. And tonight's going to be a little different. Um, tonight's going to be a little, a little, a little different, um, to say the least. But we're going to play two songs that I've intentionally chosen. Um, and we're actually just going to open this room up. And the lights might dim a little. Maybe. We'll see. Um, and this room is going to be your room for the next 15 minutes. I think so often that... We hear, you guys can do soap to get a little bit more mature with your faith. You can spend some time with the Lord in prayer before you go to bed. You can do these things. And what we need to realize that a lot of these things that we say to do is really just you spending time with the Lord by yourself. It doesn't necessarily mean you hearing someone speak. It doesn't mean you worshiping. It doesn't mean you name it. But I think so often that we're, we just need to sit in the presence of the Lord. That doesn't mean having a show up on the stage. It doesn't mean whatever. But it means just being able to sit in the presence with the Lord. And so tonight is going to be a little different. But we're going to play these two songs. And it's going to be the House of Miracles and the Rest on Us. And what I love about these two songs is that it goes straight into God's character. It talks about giving it all to God. It talks about... Being to making sure that God's in the center of what you're doing. And this room's going to open up, and we're all just going to, um, if, that's, if you need time to just sit, if you just need time to journal, if you need time to talk to a leader, if you need time to pray, if you need time to read your Bible, 
if you need time to just sit, if you need time to kneel, if you need time to stand, whatever that time is, you'll have the next 12 to 14 minutes to just sit in the presence of the Lord. And I think that's exactly what we need. Um, how else are you going to hear the God? How else are you going to hear God's voice if we don't allow you guys to have that space? And so, as the songs turn on, the three questions I want to leave you with is: Number one, what has Jesus done for you? What has Jesus done for you? Number two, do you trust Jesus? Number three, do you have peace about the situation you're in? And these are three open-ended questions. Maybe in these next couple minutes you want to journal about it. Maybe you just want to write down um, what you're feeling, what you're doing, you know, whatever you want to feel. But, um, yeah, I just want to spend this time just sitting, standing, talking to a leader, whatever that might be. And I'll come back up in a couple minutes and close this out. Um, But the songs will play in the next two seconds. Cool. Let me pray us in. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time, and I thank you for allowing these students to be here, allowing this time to happen, God. I just pray these next couple moments that you speak to these students. God, in these next couple moments, you allow these students to have peace about any situation they're in. God, I allow, I hope that these students feel you in a whole new way. God, I just pray that if there's any confusion, if there's anything that they need clarity for, I pray that you give them that. God, you're a God that's full of strength. You're a God of grace. You're a God of forgiveness. You're a God of just giving clarity, God. So we just thank you for that, and we thank you for this time, God. God, we give you these next couple moments. In your name, amen.